Our scripture reading for today is a familiar text for funerals, but it comes from the from 1 John chapter 3, beginning in the first verse. And we hear these words from 1 John. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. What we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin at all. No one who lives in him continues to sin, has either seen him nor known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning's text comes from the lectionary and is oftentimes a difficult text to understand, if we're honest, because it addresses something that even Nicodemus didn't understand in the Gospel of John. That idea of new birth of being born again in Christ Jesus, I invite you to go back and read of that interaction between Jesus and Nicodemus when he starts to ask, how is this possible? Must I enter into my mother's womb again in order to be born again? And Jesus begins to explain it. But upon reading this text, I went back and looked at the founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, and his sermon on the new birth. And I love the illustration that he gives where he compares it to our first birth. And he, and he says, when you were being knit together in your mother's womb, and you had ears that could barely hear, eyes that could hardly see. Your, your lungs were not formed fully. But then, upon birth, you entered into a new reality. One where your ears were open to hear. Your eyes were open to see. At first, a little blurry, but then things came into focus through the light. In that moment where air began to fill your lungs, 
breath. He says the second birth, the new birth of Christ is much like that. That you find yourself in a place where you can barely hear the Word of God. The good news. God's truth. That as you open your eyes, you can't see God at work. God has not yet revealed God's self fully to you. But then... Your ears are open to hear God's truth. Through the light of Christ, you are able to see God's good news at work in God's creation. And the Spirit fills your lungs. And just as breath works, it is then expelled into this world. Perhaps my favorite part of this illustration is this, though. That John Wesley says, even in the womb, the new reality is not far from you. But because the veil is so thick, we cannot see a new reality. And I think so often in our faith, we find ourselves living in this world and the veil has become so thick that we cannot see God's kingdom at work in the here and now. And that's why we come and celebrate on all saints. We celebrate those people through the way in which they lived and loved and served. That that veil of a new reality, of a new kingdom, of the kingdom of God became so thin that it felt as though we could walk right through. As they shared and showed the love and grace and mercy of Christ Jesus with us. And this is what we're hearing about in 1 John, the call to be born again. You see, the thing that John Wesley points out in his sermon is this, that we are not strangers to God's kingdom. It's not something that's far off. We know about it, but for some reason, many of us walk around believing that is something that happens after we take our last breath. And we lose sight of the prayer that we pray every Sunday and hopefully more frequently than that where we say, God, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which is a reminder as disciples and as saints, as members of Christ's body, that our job is to usher in the kingdom in the here and now. To make that veil so thin when people act and interact with us that they feel as though they are in the presence of our Father. 
the challenge for us can be difficult in this world, but it's to keep our focus on Christ Jesus. Because as we hear in our text, this is how we are made perfect in love. That we don't let words on a newspaper page or a website, we don't let the, those things that we hear on the radio or the TV or the podcast, those things that we see on Facebook begin to thicken the veil to the point where it becomes a wall where we can no longer see God at work, but instead we reject that and say, God, I know you are present with me because I have experienced this new reality, and so therefore my desire is to walk right through that veil that this world would cast upon us. So many of us have allowed our veil to be thickened to the point of walls and barriers where we believe that God is no longer at work in our church and in our world and in our creation. But we allow the example of Christ Jesus' love to reveal to us his kingdom. I remind you that so often when Jesus is interacting with people that the world deems as least and lost, that they have cast off, that what Jesus does is we all know he walks up and says, oh, get right, and then I'll come deal with you later, right? Absolutely not. But instead he continues to share love and grace and mercy and welcomes them in to the kingdom because he knows as they enter into the kingdom, as they enter into the family, then and only then will real transformation happen. Sadly, as I said, we have bought into the thickening of the veil where so often what happens is we become gatekeepers for the kingdom and we say in order for you to experience God's goodness, experience God's grace, experience God's love, you must look, act, and think like I do and then I will let you see behind the veil that you can experience God's goodness. And we treat Christ, we treat God as though he's like the wizard of eyes and all of a sudden we realize oh wait it's not our veil to keep because God is seeking each and every day to usher in his kingdom and the root of all of this is love of God and neighbor as we discussed last week To be a saint is to live with the same love that Christ lived with. To show the same grace and mercy that Christ showed. To, as, as we could put it, to show a family resemblance because we so often call ourselves as the church the family of God, right? Meaning God is our Father. Do we resemble our Father at all? Growing up, I was often told that I resembled my mother. And now, maybe because of my hairline, I've been told that I resemble my father a little bit more. 
But I, I want to draw your attention to the deeper image that has been placed on your life, which is in Genesis, where God says we, you are created in the image of God. Now granted, we all know the story in Genesis that through the eating of the fruit, Adam and Eve brought upon death through sin into humankind. But that's why we are in need of a new birth. To be born again into the kingdom of God. And that is done when we set aside our own understandings and say, God, I long to be ushered in. You see, I love the fact of Christian perfection. And so often we look at the idea of Christian perfection and we think that what it means is that moment when you enter into a new kingdom, when you enter into a new reality, that you've got it all figured out. Anybody here got God all figured out? Me neither. But for some reason... In some way, we believe that the moment that we proclaim God as our Lord and Savior, all of a sudden, we have God all figured out, and we can proclaim what it is that God thinks and how it is that God will act and what God's will is. And somehow, as we walk in faith, we have lost sight of this as being an acceptable answer when people have questions about faith. I don't. I don't know. Because faith is that belief of things that we cannot always comprehend, right? But somehow, we as Christians, even when we don't know or don't understand too frequently, what we do is we double down and we say, nope, it's just like this. I want you to think for a minute, if you were to go see a lawyer, a doctor, and you were looking for care, and you said, this is my issue. This is what I'm wrestling with. This is what I need to be fixed. Wouldn't you want them to be honest with you? Wouldn't you want them to proclaim to you if that's not their area of expertise, if that's not their practice to go, I don't know. I can direct you to somebody that can help or possibly let me go do a little bit more research before. And if we demand that of our doctors and of our lawyers, why can we not accept that for ourselves when people ask about our faith? That there are moments, there are things that we do know, but there are also things that we can look at God and go, I don't know. But I believe. But I trust. But I live in faith. You see, so often when we start to act in our own wants and desires and our own understandings, we fail to admit that, in all honesty, we can become a bit ignorant of certain things. And I don't mean that as a negative term, but there are certain things that we just don't know. It's not ours to know. And so sometimes we just have to be able to go, you know, I don't understand what God's doing right here and right now, but I trust in God and in God's goodness and God's faithfulness. 
I've had many conversations with folks as we celebrate All Saints, and they go, why did God take my loved one? And the answer is, I don't know. But I trust in God's goodness, in God's faithfulness, and in God's plan. Do we trust in God's goodness, in God's faithfulness, and in God's plan? Or do we double down and continue to make the veil thicker and thicker till we put up walls and barriers between us and others? Because the call of being born again is to live into our family resemblance, to show the love and grace and mercy of Christ Jesus. The saints that we celebrate today are glimpses of what that looks like. That we have stories of how they shared and showed the love of Christ to each and every one of us. One of my favorite authors, Donald Miller, puts it this way. The ones who speak love into our lives have an eternal way about them. Perhaps the love they shared was the God part of them. And we intuitively recognize love as the one thing that conquers all else. We gather today to give thanks for our saints, for the way in which they shared and showed the love of Christ Jesus in this world, the way in which they made the veil between here and there so thin that at moments it felt as though we could walk right through. Those moments in which they shared the grace of Christ in those ways in which we knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that Christ indeed was in the room with us. We are born again, as our text says, to engage in right relationship with Christ Jesus. And as we do so, we engage in right relationship with one another. As we see by the light of Christ and as we breathe in his love, we expel that same love into this world. This is why he came. We hear that in our text, that Jesus came to show us what it meant to live in the newness of life. He came that we may know him. And that through that, it would reveal to us those things that we do not know. And our need for a new birth. We come this day giving thanks for those that made the veil so thin. That we knew of the love of Christ Jesus. We also come today inheriting the challenge that they set before us to live a life that all people who encounter us may see that veil so thin that when they encounter us, they see that family resemblance and know the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Let us not thicken the veil to the point of walls and barriers. But let us make that veil thin as we seek to share and show the light 
and love of Christ Jesus. Amen.